Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. Lovely. I've never heard that opener before. So it's great to be able to be here and hear that opening. Unfortunately, I wasn't here on the show last week. I was doing a funeral. But enough with that. Unfortunately, the morose news you don't need me for. And uh, that's not what I'm here to do today. Hopefully, we can have a show, have a forbringing that you could really sit back, relax, and walk out with something that uplifts, because that's really the goal. The challenge is how uplifting could you be, not how cynical and dark. Um, I was, I was, I saw an advert for an overseas community that they're having a panel on the future of South Africa. And I, I, first of all, I, 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 I still think it's kind of patronizing when people overseas are starting to predict the future. But also, it's, it's so not what is being described. This country is amazing. And yes, we've been through difficult moments and we're coming out of a very, please God, we come out of a completely, a very heavy third wave. No one's in denial. But we are an amazing, amazing country and amazing people and an amazing blessed place. And I say this with with every ounce of conviction I can muster that I believe the best days of South African Jewish community are ahead of it, not behind it. But there's a caveat. Here's the but. The but is if the community believes that. Because if people leave, then we can't really have the best, the best days of our community ahead of us. But if we are to stay here with faith, conviction, and confidence, I truly believe that South African Jewish community's best days are, are ahead of it. It's had a beautiful past, but it is not a dying community. It is not a community that is just looking backwards. It's a community that's looking forwards with more and more organizations opening constantly, a, a stronger commitment to our heritage than ever before, uh, more outreach than ever before, more chesed than ever before, more integration into the wider South African community than ever before. And we have a long way to go, an absolutely long way to go. But here's the deal. The deal is, it's, it's a slogan, but it's, 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 it's a good way to ask yourself this question in any area of your life. Do you believe your best days are ahead of you? So let's say you're in a job. You've been doing the job for X amount of time. Do you believe your best days in the job are ahead of you or behind you? If deep down you know that the best days are behind you, then it's time to find a new place where your best days are ahead of you. Anyone that knows that you're just coming from good and you're, you're heading nowhere, that's just living in nostalgia. There's nothing beautiful about that. Living in the past only adds value if it empowers your present and your future. But when you look and you think to yourself, okay, it's done. My best days are behind me. Then then uh, it's time to reassess. 
It's time to change. It's time to transform. It's time to um, do things with a new perspective. And I would ask you, I would ask each and every one of you, no matter, you know, if you're listening to this live recording or over the Internet, do you believe that the best days of your life are ahead of you, even after 18 months of COVID, 20 months? Do you believe that the best days of of your career are ahead of you, even if you've been beaten up by the financial struggles of the time? Do you believe the best days of your organization are ahead of you? Do you believe the best days of your community are ahead of you? Do you believe the best days of your country are ahead of you? And my answer is yes. You might say, okay, you're a naive optimist. No. First of all, I'm a believer in the blessings that, you know, South Africa has always had blessings, specifically Lubavitcher Rebbe blessed this place, but also history. After 60 years of doomsday sayers coming to this, you know, and leaving this country because this country has no future, <laughs> 60 years is two generations. You know, people were emigrating out of this place in the 60s already. Literally 60 years of emigration out, out of fear. Maybe even longer. And ask yourself, 60 years later, this place is still standing. Maybe doomsday saying is not, is not the right approach. I'll be honest, if I invested in the pessimists of South Africa over the last 60 years, I would be proven wrong. Every person who emigrated 60 years ago, or 50 years ago, or 40 years ago, did not believe that we would be standing in 2021. If they believed there was still 40, 50 years ahead of them, they wouldn't be running. I mean, which, you know, how many countries have been able to prove itself and, and get stronger over, over so many decades? And I've spoken about this before, but I think it needs to be reiterated more than ever before, especially after what we've been through. And again, I'm not in denial. It's not about denial. Everyone knows what happened. Everyone saw the news. But I've also lived in other places in this world, and I also follow the news of other places. And I, I strongly believe, not, it's not a belief, it's a fact, that no place in this world is utopia. And each place you choose to live, you're choosing a set of gifts and a set of challenges. You're, set, you're choosing a lifestyle uh, that has positives and negatives. And South Africa, like any other place on the earth, has its positives and has its negatives. Personally, I find its positives much more compelling a reason to stay than its negatives a reason to leave. And, you know, having lived in this country for almost 11 years um, and literally the, the corruption years and the, 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 the years of things bouncing up and down, and no, I don't have a long history in this place. I haven't been here for decades. But I've heard enough people coming and telling me, Rabbi, I'm telling you, the other shoe's going to drop now. Now. Just, just wait, just wait. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Now. And that's been uh, 60 years. 60 years living in this country waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's enough. This country isn't going anywhere. The, 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 the people that make up this country are too good, and too sweet, and too kind that it, it will never cave in on itself. And bringing examples of other African countries is, is ridiculous. Like, wh- why do you have to sit there? 
comparing it. Africa is m- multiple countries, it's multiple uh, societies, and I, I haven't lived anywhere else in Africa, but all I know is South Africa's people are the best. Just good, good, kind-hearted people. Uh, my family lives in New York, and at the BLM riots, um, last, you know, last year with all the, that, when there was lots of riots going on, I don't recall seeing one single picture of people coming and cleaning up the glass. I mean, chances are it was just the sanitation workers, but people volunteering to clean up the glass of storefronts in Manhattan or anywhere else these riots took place, not a chance. And it lasted for weeks and weeks on end. My family would just sit there, you know, sending me messages throughout the night by them, endless gunshots and fireworks and God knows what else. And this country, yes, we went through a very difficult week and a very difficult COVID. But it was amazing to see the character of the people in this place. It was amazing to see how people came together. It's amazing to see how so many voices for calm and so few voices for anger. And even though people might have certain reasons to be angry, poverty is a real thing in this country and unemployment and et cetera, et cetera, unfulfilled promises. But this is not an angry country. Go to Europe, go to, um, go to the States, you'll see anger. Or go to China, but over there they're angry, but they're not allowed, they're not allowed to express it. This is a good, blessed place. And as long as we are waiting for the other shoe to drop and we're sitting on the fence and we're, we're second guessing maybe, maybe the people who emigrated 60 years ago were right, then um, the best days of this community are not ahead of it. It's impossible to have the best days of the community ahead of it if we are constantly on the fence. But if we are, as families, individuals, communities, to believe that the best days of this country, in all areas, including economically, are ahead of it, this place is, is ripe and it already has the right recipe and the right infrastructure to be by far the most beautiful Jewish community on the planet and the most beautiful place to live. Hyperbole? I don't think so. I believe this to be fact. This is 101.9 Chai FM, the Fabringen. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Show. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM, Rabbi Levi Afton from Linksfield Chilt. And we've been talking before this beautiful song from Benny Freeman. We were talking about the best days of this community are ahead of it. And it's a hard thing to, to buy into for many people. Um, I mentioned I'm an immigrant, if you haven't heard from my accent. Um, after 11 years, I still can't... Uh, Get the accent. The truth is, when I when I sometimes by mistake use the South African accent in a drush and show, people are like Rabbi, don't even try. You're trying too hard. Um, so <laughs> not that I was trying, but now I consciously make sure not even to subconsciously try um, and just soften the Brooklyn accent and the coffee and the ball. Um, you know, soften that a bit. But uh, yeah. So I'm an immigrant, came from the other side of the world after spending um, most of my life till then in New York, 
um, but also in other places in the United States, a year in Ohio, um, various summers around the country, and two years in Israel, and a year in Europe and Italy. And I don't consider myself the best-traveled fellow on the planet, but I had my fair share. And I came to this country and loved it from the first moment. I came totally by choice. Um, although I married a South African, it was not by her influence. Um, I actually convinced her that it's a good idea. She didn't need much convincing, but in no way was I ever thinking of coming back. It was, my, it was, it was something that just felt it in my bones. I want to come here. And right when I came here, I started getting the question, why? Why in the world would you leave New York for this? And I'm like, what do you think is in New York? And I would just see people's eyes brighten up. What do you mean, New York? It's amazing. It's like, yeah, for a week to stay in a high-rise um, hotel in Manhattan, um, it's nice, it's fantastic, but like, what do you think living in Brooklyn is? Like, it's No, Rabbi, it's, it's amazing. I don't understand why anybody would lose the opportunity. Okay. Fine, whatever. Heard that before. Then I hear it, and like more and more and more. Rabbi, what did you find here? And I'm like, what is wrong with this place? We live in heaven thinking we're in hell. That is the description for me of so many people in this community. Living in heaven and thinking we're in hell. And yes, I'm not in denial of the challenges. There are real challenges, huge challenges. But compared to any community I've lived in, I think we have a, a, a bigger portion of blessings. We do. I mean, I was you know, talking to an uncle of mine who lives in the Far East earlier today. So he saw me wearing a bit of a jersey on the, on the Zoom call. So he asks me, is it cold over here, you know, in South Africa? I'm like, well, it's winter here. So he says, okay, how cold is it? I'm like, uh, it's 12, degree, 12 degrees Celsius. So he starts laughing and says, that's your definition of cold? I'm like, yeah, it gets a bit colder at night. Um, the community, the people, the climate, the culture, the, the lifestyle, the Judaism, the passion, the growth, the, the learning. I mean, this place is amazing. And yet, so few of us see it. So then I get the statement, you know, Rabbi, you have an American passport. I always found that to be a very cheap shot. I mean, whatever, I have an American passport, so what? Like, you know, if you want to emigrate to Israel now, you could also emigrate to Israel if you want to, and you have the passport in a minute. Um, that, that, that idea of having an exit strategy, but I, I don't see my American passport as an exit strategy. I'm not going anywhere. Like, this place is fine. The lights are not going out on this place. The best days are ahead of it. But we have to believe it. We have to believe it. And, and like, because if we believe it, we will create it. This place has the right ingredients. I mean, I grew up in a city with Almost, I mean, New York State has over a million Jews. Brooklyn itself has hundreds and hundreds of thousands, and there's incredible organizations and community. But there is nothing like the Chev in New York. And there is nothing like the UOS, the, and the, the organized, you know, 
Hashrut and the, the rabbis all sitting around the same table. Like the idea of a rabbi from a, from a different community sitting around the same table as other rabbis is a consistent thing and being friends, it's unheard of. The fact that the organizations in this community, each one is so dynamic, so powerful. I'm like, I'm scared to name because I don't want to miss out, but there's like organizations for everything here. For everything. And it's this relatively small community. I mean, you know, even by the biggest estimates of what the Jobber community is, it's, it's, the Jewish community is, it's much smaller than any of the big Jewish communities in Brooklyn. It's, it's, it's smaller than Flatbush and smaller than Borough Park and not much bigger than Crown Heights, which is itself quite large. And, and in Queens, etc. It's, 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 it's a small in quantity relatively, but it punches away above its weight. Do you see it? We've suffered a lot of tragedy recently, yes. But there is no community that embraces the grieving the way the South African community does. Nothing. Not in the league. And yes, I lost my father a few years ago and I sat shiva with my family in New York and we were embraced by the community. In no way am I criticizing it. But definitely a different league what goes on over here. The warmth, the empathy, the, the feeling that somebody else's pain is our pain. The chesed that takes place, the Tehillim groups that go on over here. It's mind-blowing. But if you've lived here your, own, your whole life, all I could say is maybe you don't see it. You've never stood outside the picture to actually look at it. And I've spoken to so many people who've emigrated. And, you know, some people do have a chip on their shoulder trying to prove for themselves for the rest of their life why they emigrated, etc. But I've spoken to enough honest emigrants, enough people who've left, who, will tell, who told me straight out, this community is irreplaceable. So yes, they, they ended up with a different package wherever they went. They went to Australia, they went to the United States, they went to England, etc. And I wish them well. But they didn't get what they had here. And they lost a lot. They lost a lot. And I could go from statistic to statistic, but from claim, one of the big complaints I often hear is there's no future for our children over here. And I, I often wonder about that statement because what, in the, in the United States, to give your kid a decent education, um, undergrad and postgrad cost you literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Most graduates are paying back their school loans, which Accumulatively is billions in the United States for years and years and years after. Over here, you could get an education for very cheap, very, very cheap. Something that in America is a fantasy and a top, a top class education. We're not talking about, you know, something that you walk out feeling like you didn't study well. So yes, people will bring examples that it's hard to get into medicine. First of all, it's hard to get into medicine anywhere. I remember I spent a year in Italy, and at that time in Bologna, in Italy, there were a couple dozen, maybe more, but I don't want to exaggerate, a couple dozen Israelis living in Bologna, uh, Italy. And the reason is there's a medical school there, and they, they explained to me that Israel has a very, very, very small medical, um, they allow a very small group of people into the medical school. So if you want to study medicine and you haven't made it into that pool, you go fly to Italy, you study medicine there, and then you come back to Israel and work there. Um, and again, 
yeah, so it's a challenge. It's a challenge to, to get into medicine, although I know personally many people who did. I get it. But, like, people make decisions based on assumptions. Is it really that much easier to get an education over, overseas? Really? Do you know that? Have you lived there? Have you tried it? Is it so much easier to make a living overseas? I'm not saying everyone has an easy time over here, but not everyone has easy where anywhere else. And you choose the challenges you're willing to live with. And I'm not talking about over here about going to Israel out of idealism, out of Aliyah. That's a discussion on its own. And it's not, you know, it's not in the framework of what I'm talking about, but escaping here is different than going to Israel out of a, a, a dream to build a future in, in our land. Escaping here is very different. If you're going somewhere else because you believe that the be- that your best days are there and this is the place that's going to nurture you, then okay, you know, I'm sad to see you go, but I get it. But to escape here with, with narratives that my kid doesn't have a future, um, it's not going to work, um, the country is going down the tubes, Etc. Etc. I take I take issue with that. It's 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 not true. You don't know that. You guess it, and you're entitled to guess whatever you want. But these prophets of of doom, these prophets coming and saying it's coming to an end over and over and over. Enough, enough. How many more times does South Africa have to come to the brink and come out of it to prove itself? It's not going anywhere unless we allow it to, unless we just give up. And why are we giving, what are we giving up for? And I, I want to share one thought, you know, before we go to break. Assimilation is going up in this country, but still, nevertheless, the assimilation numbers in this country are lower than anywhere else and pretty much any other Jewish community. So I ask you a simple question. Let's say it is better over there. Are you willing to take the risk that you're putting your children at the risk of not being as proudly educated Jewishly as possible in another place. Are you willing to live with that? Okay, if you're going to Israel again, it's its, it's, its own category, but anywhere else, England, United States, Australia, are you willing to, like, can you live with that on your on your shoulders? I personally, you know, struggle with that. When, when the United States is seeing 70, 80% assimilation, when the communities, the shuls that we have don't exist over there, and unfortunately so many people um, who emigrate don't find themselves within orthodoxy in the United States and move to other, you know, other denominations, ask myself and say, are we losing much more than what we're gaining? Has your family that moved overseas really, has their life been that much better than yours? Was it worth it? This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. And let me just give my shout out. Go vaccinate yourselves. I know it's beyond my pay grade. I'm a rabbi, not a doctor. But as a rabbi, I know what Torah says. And Torah says that when it comes to medicine, you listen to the doctors. So listen to the doctors. Let's all vaccinate. So... I want to focus on a few more elements. I know today's Fabringen is a different kind of Fabringen than we usually have, but I just felt like we have to talk about this. We have to remind ourselves, we have to plug in and, and remind ourselves certain truths. You know, in the last Israeli skirmish or war that happened with Gaza not too long ago, there was a certain amount of anti-Semitism that took place in this country, and right away 
we start hearing anti-Semitism is rising, which is true. But we often forget it's rising from a very, very low bar. Very low bar. There is, uh, it's hard for me to say because I don't claim to know every community, but I cannot think of a Jewish community this size anywhere else in the world that has, that suffers less anti-Semitism than we do. You know, I, I, I grew up in 19, in, in the 80s and 90s in, in New York where I didn't call it anti-Semitism. It was just a way of life. Glass bottles are thrown at you every time, almost every time you're walking in certain areas. Um, where you hear statements about the Holocaust and Hitler that I, I dare not repeat on this show, um, where we suffered the 1991 riots, was, which was just an absolute crazy three days, people ramp, beating up Jews, burning things down. A Jew was killed, another Jew was injured, and it was like I, I, was, I was a young kid then, and I remember... Um, it was the middle of the summer. It was this time of the year. It was August. And I was at day camp. And they then announced day camp finishes early. And everybody, every kid was going to be walked back home, but with a certain staff member. And I actually remember who the staff member was. I was, I was quite young when this happened. And I remember who the staff member was who walked me home. And then for the next four days, we were barricaded in our home and my parents lived in the center of the community so it wasn't as badly hit but uh we definitely we got a massive rock thrown through our window um and some of my friends you know really saw who lived in more the outskirts of the neighborhood saw some real hectic stuff and it was it was it was pure it was a pogrom straight up pogrom like in the old country for three days until finally the police came in and started calming things down. So, yeah, I grew up in New York. I saw it. Again, did I ever think New York was an anti-Semitic place? No. But it was just, it was life. You know, it was life to be called out for your Jewishness, called out for your kippah, called out um, for Israel. Um and then I came here and suddenly nobody called me out for anything. I walked down the street with a kippah and people respect it. And I, you know, and I tell non-Jews or Jews that I'm clergy and they respect it. I'm not sure which one's more impressive that the non-Jews respect it, that the Jews respect it. <laughs> and unreal, unreal. It's, it's, it's literally unreal how, how accommodating and how good this country has been to its Jewish community. And Nothing's perfect. Life is imperfect. I'm not sure, you know, when we ever signed up to live a life of perfection. Please God, when Mashiach comes and, you know, the redemption comes, we will live life perfection. But as long as we live in exile, this idea of living a perfect life doesn't exist. And then the question is, okay, so life is imperfect and life is messy. Which mess am I willing to live with? And I choose this mess over any other mess. And I'm not in denial. I've, I've suffered my own violence here in this country. But that didn't taint my whole reality. It was a challenge I lived with and still healing from.
but that's that's not my vision of this country. It's not my vision of reality. And I'm grateful to be able to raise my kids here. You know, often my family will tease me from the states. They'll say, "How can you raise your kids in Africa, in South Africa?" And I'll say, "How could you raise your kids in the United States?" Like, like, like if we're going to play pessimistic, we could sit there <clears throat> throwing pessimism at, at each other. But this isn't blind optimism. It isn't saying, "Okay, let's put our head in the sand." It's saying it's an active optimism. It says, "Let's do more. Let's grow. Let's help each other. Let's let's create jobs for our community, for the wider community." Let's do more, but let us not give up. Let us not think that the best days are behind us. Let us not think that God gave prophecy to us. You know, the Talmud says that ever since the temple was destroyed, destroyed prophecy was given to idiots. <laughs> so if you're walking around with this self-esteem of a prophet and this confidence of a prophet... It doesn't say much about your prophecy abilities, but it does say something else. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Show. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. So here is the faith. L'chaim to, to better days. L'chaim to, you know, praying that we move out of the third wave, that... The vaccinations, you know, kick in and we, we all get our herd immunity and we're able to move on to healthier, better times that economically each and every one of us finds our feet and is able to earn and do and, you know, live a life of dignity. That our communities grow, that our studying grows, that our, that our, that our country grows, that, that the wider community in this country, the unemployment goes down and that hope and aspiration is given to each and every person in this country and all over the world. And that the democracy, which was tested just recently and proven itself to be strong, continues to be a place that we can live freely and with dignity. Also pray for a better approach of this country to our holy land, uh, approach based on truth, and broad-mindedness and dignity. I pray that we're healthy and that all those who suffered during this pandemic find comfort. Comfort doesn't take the pain away, but it does offer some meaning to it. And we've seen so much loss, unfortunately, Special, you know, shout out to all those who lost loved ones from this pandemic. The pain is unimaginable. Loss is heartbreaking. But we pray that God offers you comfort amongst all the other mourners, those who mourn for the destruction of Zion and Jerusalem. We pray for better days, which will come. Animamim, I believe. They will come. Better days now, but most importantly, the, the, the best of days, which we also believe will come very soon. The coming of Mashiach, the coming of a better day where, the, in the words of Maimonides, there will be no more competition, no more hatred, no more jealousy, 
the goodness will be abundant and we will spend our days getting closer to God, learning and growing and bettering ourselves. May God bring that time soon and may we start living that life even before that time comes. A life of dignity, a life of respect, a life devoid of any hatred. May it be soon in our days. Amen. Finish off with a beautiful song that came out recently. It's a Hebrew song from Shuli Rand, Oker Harim. Um, in short, it's a song about, you know, staying humble in this world, but it's a fantastic song that has this uh, gypsy sound to it. Um, love to hear your thoughts. You could text at 34519 what you think of the song, but this is Oker Harim by Shuli Rand, one-on-one, 101.9 High FM. Have a great day.